And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. We're going to get into Chris Olave a little bit, talk about what he said this week. We're going to get into X-Factors. But first, there, there is a bit of news that we probably could have hit in the first segment, but I kind of spaced on. But So Jalen Smith, linebacker on the practice squad, he is signing with the Raiders. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's not a huge surprise. I think he was your DeMario Davis insurance. And so when DeMario Davis got hurt, you had him active. DeMario didn't need to didn't need to miss any time. So uh, Jalen didn't get any time on the field. And, you know, he decided to go out to, to out to Vegas. And, you know, hopefully he can. I, I'm sure you go sign there because you're because they're like, we have a spot for you. We are going to play you. And so, yeah, it's just another it's just another example of. You know, veterans on practice squads, if they don't get the opportunity, then they, they can find a play, a job somewhere else. Um, the Saints have replaced him with another familiar name in Corey Littleton. So I think that, I mean, I think it's a wash, right? I think you're just kind of looking at it as this is a body that if you need him, he's, he's a good guy to have around. But that is a bit of news that happened today. Yeah, if you, if you see him, you know you're in trouble because that means Double D is not able to play. And you know that man's able, like like a Cam Jordan Whatever is ailing him, he's going to try his damnedest to be on the field. And if he's not, there's no bueno. Yeah, and, and then, like people are going to make a big deal out of not out of not retaining Jalen. Yeah, you know, come on. He just doesn't. He didn't have a role unless you did right. not have Demario Davis. He was very specifically a Mike linebacker, a middle linebacker. And it's you know with what when he was willing to stick around, great. If he's not, you know, it was always his decision to stay. And so, no, yeah, it was a nice anyway. option to have to break in case of emergency kind of deal. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll see tweets of people like, oh, no, how could they allow this to happen? It just doesn't have a role. Anyway, um, and like, I'm not convinced that he would have necessarily been the first option if DeMario went down, right? I think you would probably move Pete to middle linebacker and, and figure it out. But Pete Warner, I should say. Anyway, so one thing I want to get into this week is Chris Olave. And, you know, I would, I, I do want to credit, I want to give credit to New Orleans.football because, you know, like I said in the, in the opening segment, he Chris talked simultaneously with Derek Carr talking. So I was out there, you know, talking to Derek, and so I wasn't able to get in and 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 record the uh, Chris Olave. I don't think the Saints were either. I think it was just a couple of reporters who, you know, when you have multiple people, you can kind of work around, and they were able to catch Chris. I think he was trying to sneak back in. I think I don't think he wanted to talk to reporters during the open locker room period, and he was like, oh, Derek's talking. That means I'm free to go to my locker, but then he got, you know, they, they found him, and they got him. Um, and so, yeah, like, I want to give credit to New Orleans football because that's where I was able to kind of catch up with his interview, and, and it was an interesting interview, and I'm not going to play yeah. it, but I will re- tell you excerpts from it because what, what I think is pretty clear for anybody watching Chris Olave, and this is his words, is he's in a slump right now. Like, and he can feel it. Like, you know when it's happening. Like, if you're a baseball player and you're going up to the plate and you you're one for your last thirty, and you just know nothing's working, and you're getting everything you're trying is failing, and the stuff that you know how to do somehow you're still screwing that up. It's you're in your head, and sometimes you got to take a step back and like. You know, look at your form. You know, are you dropping your shoulder? This analogy is continuing. You know, same thing with a shooter, right? Like sometimes you just got to take a step back and be like, okay, chill out. And you really just need one big performance. And and that's kind of what Chris said. Yeah, he just having a bad go around from on the field and then even off of it with the speeding incident. (laughs) Here's his quote on quote, you know, that's about how he handles the adversity, blah, blah, blah. He says, that's just life, man. There's always going to be ups and downs. I've been in a little slump like the past month, but it's just the standard. I work hard in the offseason. That's just what life 
throws at us. I've just got to keep going. Like I said, adversity just tests your character. So I know I've got to get through it. One good game that's going to allow me to bounce back. And I really do think that's what it is. Like one of the biggest struggles for Chris right now is he's just not confident in what he's doing. He knows how to do it. Like that's the difference. You know, we talked about how Trevor and Chris are in similar situations. The bigger difference for Chris is that it's not a technique thing. He knows the technique. It's not like he's out there like not understanding what he's supposed to be doing. It's more he's just kind of he's just having brain cramps, you know, and like things aren't clicking the way that they should. And he's pressing and it's all it's you know, there's just things that are not working. He was asked about the ball that bounced off his helmet and uh, the direct quote was, man, that shit looked hella goofy. I knew right after the play, I was like, damn, that shit was ass. (laughs) I ain't even see the ball for real. Uh, I saw it at the last minute. By the time I saw it, it kind of hit me in the helmet, in the head. I always want plays like that back. Shoot, it was so open. It was something we'd been planning for like three weeks. So we finally called it in a game, and that shouldn't have been happening. But like I said, I'm in a slump right now, but I'm going to get back. So I can't wait to play on Sunday. And it was hell. It did look hella goofy. He's right. For me, the, the, for me, the worst play was the one of him going out of bounds instead of turning it up. Yeah, and I had I had someone say, like, oh, he didn't know the guy fell down behind him. It's like, so even if he had, why wouldn't you try to go upfield? No, right, and it's like simple things. Simple things that you do one thing right, but even in the process of doing that right, you do something wrong. And, right. uh, you know, like, it, it's yeah, – we've all been there. Everyone's had that. You're just Absolutely. in a funk, right? You're, nothing's going your way. And I do think that he's – you know, I think he's handling it pretty well. Like, he's a young player – you know, you're going to have those moments where things just don't go right. And it's, you know, like Chase Claypool is a good example, right? Like Chase Claypool had a solid rookie season, but he, I don't think he mentally has what it takes to make it in the NFL, right? Like you're talking about a guy who in the two minute, in a two minute offense with the clock running, gets a first down and t- gets on a knee and like points. And it's like, dude, get the ball back. Like they have to spike the ball. What the hell are you doing? Right? No, Stuff it's all like about that. me, man. <laughs> right. It's showboating stuff. It's like, it's like, yeah, you're making it about you when, and what I think Chris does a good job of kind of making it about the team and always kind of leading yeah. it back to like, I got to be better. And you know, whether he, you know, obviously this frustration, there's going to be frustration, but I don't think that like, there seems to be this idea that, that he's unhappy with how this offense is operating. And, you know, I'm sure maybe there is some, there, there is some issues in terms of he and Derek Carr aren't necessarily seeing eye to eye on everything. But I think when you're talking about Chris, if there's frustration that you're kind of seeing and experiencing, it's all geared about his own play. Like he's unhappy with the level at which he's playing, not the level at which people are playing around him. And I think that's a healthy way to approach it. And an unhealthy way would be to do the Chase Claypool thing of like calling out your coaches and then getting traded. Because you can get yourself traded. If you want to get traded, you can find a way. So yeah, anyway, uh, um, I was around. I was around the year in the locker room, and Brandon Cooks went. Closed right. mouths don't get fed. <laughs> right, right. I the knew right then. Wheel. I heard that, and I was like, "Oh, Sean ain't gonna deal with this shit." Squeaky wheel gets the grease, kind of situation. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, and well, the thing is, like, the Chris is getting fed. You know, and it, oh, it's like for sure. it might be a different situation if Derek was not throwing to him because he didn't trust him. Derek is doing everything he can to keep Chris involved in the offense. And I think Chris knows that, right? Like he's getting the targets. It's not a question of getting targets. And so it's just a question of Chris kind of doing his job the way he knows how to do it and, and being consistent about it. And, you know, I think that's that's kind of the where you're going. This is a DA was asked about uh, Chris again on the conference call this week. And uh, here's what he had to say. 
every game you come out of, you're going to look at things and say, man, I could have done this better or that better. Um, and I think that's always what we're, what we're, what we're looking at and, and how can we, how can we continue to improve? So I do think there were some good things that he did in the game. Um, I do think there were some things that, you know, probably subtly that, that a lot of people might not recognize. And yet we, we recognize. Um, and so I think, you know, with him, it's just about, okay, how do I take the next, next step forward this week? And so, uh, I think he's got a good mindset going into this week. I'm excited about watching him play. You know, he's going to be a big part of what we do, you know, offensively this second half of the season. How did he handle, you know, the coaching on stuff like finishing routes, attitude, body language? How, how has he handled advice on that kind of stuff? Yeah, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. He's taken uh, every bit of coaching that, uh, that we've had for him. He's working, you know, really hard to try to, you know, improve himself and, and, and that's all that you can ask for. And, and there's going to be opportunities that are going to show up for him, you know, in this last half of the season. And, and we expect for him to do some really good things. Look, there's a lot of things that, you know, we talked about last year, um, you know, not really making the contested catches. And I've seen that, you know, improve. So he's still a young player that's going to keep improving. I do like believe that when he says that, like, I don't think that this team is looking at how Chris has performed and says, you know, I know Bobby, he even asked DA about it and was like, oh, do you kind of shuffle in terms of the primary reads because Chris is kind of inconsistent? And it's like, I don't think that they're going to. I think that they are committed to Chris Olave as the premier pass catcher in this offense, and he's going to get every chance to, to do the job. And so if I'm Chris, and I think he does realize this, it's like, no, I have to take advantage of these opportunities. And I think eventually one of, one of these weeks, you're going to see him go off. And it's going to, you know, you're going to see that 130, 150 yard game with a touchdown or two. Maybe it's this week, right? And maybe, and then you finally start to kind of see that confidence bubble up. And, you know, the, the wild thing is you're talking about the 300 yards, you know, 400, three games with 400 consecutive, three consecutive games with 400 passing yards. And you really haven't seen a ton from Chris in those three games. Like you've seen very, average, you know, pedestrian performances in terms of, you know, five, six catches, 60 to 80 yards. One of these weeks, you're going to see him go off and and it's going to look like it's supposed to look. And I'm looking forward to it happening because I think Chris knows he's got it in him. Yeah, kind of like we've heard uh, a few people say that they feel like the offense is almost there. It was even, you know, going into this last week and we saw that, you know, finally five touchdowns show up. And like you mentioned, Chris Olave really wasn't even a factor in the game. He sh we should have had more points, but he ended up being the reason why there wasn't. I'm, t I'm with you. I think there's a huge bounce back game for him uh, this week because of everything that's just going on. And hopefully he's able to, to reel it in and really focus on football right now because I don't, I don't know if it's a team thing, if there's something outside the building right now that's causing his distractions. But the dude definitely needs to get the head on the shoulders right and let's play ball because this team definitely needs you. Although we, we've we seen a lot of growth in this offense last game, I'm, I'm hoping we see that obviously continue against Chicago. We got to have some consistency in putting back-to-back -back, uh, performances together, obviously. You know, so one other thing, and we don't have to go deep into it because we're, we're kind of running up against the time here, but one thing that's that's been really interesting this year for just from my personal perspective is you're looking at the Saints and you're saying, man, they are going up against a lot of quarterbacks that they just don't know about. And it's not be for lack of, you know, study. 
It's just like, when, what are you studying? So week two, you had the Panthers, you got Bryce Young, you had one week of tape, some preseason tape, but like, that's really not much to go off. You're just trying to figure it out. Week three, you got Jordan Love and the Packers. You got, you know, two weeks of tape. That's about it. Some preseason, but like, you really don't know what you're doing. Uh, You did have a little bit of extra in terms of the joint practices there, but right, right. I don't know. Uh, week week four, you got Baker Mayfield. All you have is three weeks of tape from him on the running the Bucks offense, right? Like not exactly a treasure trove of information when you're talking about how do we how do how do we take advantage of what they're going to try to do? Like by week four, you're still figuring it out. Like right? you don't even know. Week five, you got Mac Jones and the Patriots. Suddenly, you have a 34 point shutout. You know exactly what to do against Mac Jones. You've shut him down in the past. You shut him down again. Week seven against the Texans. I'm sorry, week six against the Texans. Like you should have had a good, you know, amount of information on CJ Stroud at that point. And, you know, so I'm not going to put that in the same category, but still a rookie quarterback. It's still limited in the sense of he's learning how to be a pro at the NFL level. So even that scouting, it's not like you can go back to the last time we faced them. They never faced them. Week, week seven against the Jaguars. You know, this is a, this is a weird one. Uh, but you did spend the week not sure whether Trevor Lawrence was going to play. So maybe you did take some time and look at CJ Beathard. Uh, either way, you should have been more prepared for what Trevor Lawrence was going to do. I don't think they were prepared for Trevor Lawrence to run because like even with a knee injury, he was fast. So that doesn't really count in the terms of what I'm talking about, but still. Then week eight, you had the Colts and Gardner Minshew, a guy you have about two weeks of tape on, but you at least have some previous tape where you faced him before. This week, you get Tyson Bajant, a guy that you have two and a half weeks of tape on. You know, Next week, you're going to get probably Josh Dobbs, a guy you at best will have one week of tape on in a Vikings uniform (laughs) before you face him. And if it's not Josh Dobbs, then maybe Nick Mullins, a guy you have no tape on (laughs) in terms of like, it's just, it's weird. And then, Week 12, well, you know, you get a bye. And right. then week week 12, you're going to get Taylor Heineke, a guy who you will at best have, what, two weeks of tape on? So it's just kind of weird. It's bizarre. You don't – there's just like – I think the Saints are actually a, a, a very well – you know, a well-oiled scouting machine in that way. Like I think they do a very good job of churning tape and figuring out what people like to do and taking things away and – you just haven't had the luxury of doing that this year. Now there's two ends of that coin, two sides of that coin in the sense that they're also not going to be good in that offense because they haven't run it either. So it's not like they're having a, a distinct advantage by starting a rookie, but I do think it it could be what's contributing to some of the difficulties early in games with, you know, the Packers and the Patriots, notwithstanding, right? Where it seems like offenses can get you a little bit early in the game when you're not, necessarily prepared for what they're going to do. And I think that's what happened against Gardner Minshew, right? I think they're changing up things is when you've only got two weeks to go off of. That's not even a trend. That's just what they've done, right? Not even like, well, that didn't work. We're going to change it. Well, what are they going to change it to? We don't know because we've never seen it. So I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting factor for this season in particular. And I think it might be contributing to some of the some of the defensive struggles in that, you know, like when you know what, like Dennis Allen said that this week is like, I think when, the Saints defense knows what to expect. They are very effective. When they're caught off guard, they have not been. And that's what's happened each of the last three weeks in the first half is things didn't go the way they necessarily expected. And they got beat. They figured it out as the game went on. And I just think I think the scouting, the lack of the lack of, you know, kind of empirical information about how these offenses want to operate with this quarterback is is limiting. I'm hoping just in the, this matchup, we haven't really I feel like seeing a defense punish 
a quarterback this season. It's time to lay down some wood and back in the dome, uh, set a tone, be extra aggressive, whatever it takes. Just I, I want to see Bajan have an, a, a total uncomfortable time uh, from the crowd and from the pass rush. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, I, I'm taking, so I do this, this picks pool every week. I get five picks. And last week I took the Saints. See, so, yeah, I went four and one last week. I had a good week. The only game I lost was the, I took the Giants over the Jets and I should have won that. Like the Giants had that game won. I, I'm just not entirely sure how they lost it, but I, the, the Saints are seven and a half favorites, point favorites this week. And if this game is within eight points, I think that's a disappointment for the Saints. Like I think this is the this is the type of team that you really want to kind of take to the ground and just beat the shit out of, right? What's, like what's, cra- what's crazy when you look at obviously the numbers and just stats, both teams, both teams average 21.4 points a game. Both, I mean that's wild to me. Yeah. Obviously yeah. the Saints offense is hopefully trending in the right direction right now. Well, but when, when your defense is allowing a lot of points, you're going to score more points, right? Like, it right. doesn't necessarily mean your offense is, is better. It just means that they're getting a lot of opportunities, right? And they're constantly coming from trying to come from mind. But anyway, let's, let's go and let's get X factors. Let's do it quick because we've been, we've been on here for an hour. Okay. So let's start on the defensive side. And, and so Steve, what is your defensive X factor for this game? I'm going to go back to the D line once again. You know what? I'm going to say Brian Brzee. I, I like what he's been showing uh, a lot lately. And I think that he's going to be one of those dudes that has the impact on the pressure that I'm looking for right up the gut, getting in Bajan's face and hopefully causing a turnover. I think he was a big factor of uh, when the pick was thrown last week. Uh, he was in, uh, getting in the grill of uh, Minshew. Yeah, one thing I, I've liked about Brian Brzee so far is, you know, even when he's not getting to the quarterback, he's affecting the throw. You know, right. he's batted down several passes. And, you know, that's just, you know, when you're facing teams that play a lot of quick game, that's a that's an important thing to be able to do, right? Like, TJ Watt was always was one of the best at it. Cam Jordan has traditionally been one of the best at it in his career. So, you know, that's a, like when you're a rookie, I think it's easy to forget those kind of little details of like, oh, I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going. It's like, no, I'm not getting there. Get your hands up, make it more difficult. I think he's done that well. Um, my X factor is, you know, and I talked to Chris when we, when we talked to Chris earlier in this podcast, this is kind of a guy got into this. You got to be able to stop the run and you got to be able to stop them on first down and force them into third and long. And then if you can get them into passing downs, you can get some, you can get some sacks, right? Like that's, the thing that no one talks about, they act like sacks come in a vacuum. It's like, no, you get sacks when you force passing situations and then you pin your ears back and you go. You know, the Saints defensive line is always going to be a run first type situation. They're not going to just throw caution to the wind and send blitz after blitz and and give easy reads. They're going to force you to make to beat them doing what they do best. So how do you do that? Well, you got to stop the run, right? That's the the Colts game. It was a lot closer than it should have been because of those two long runs in terms of that's 10 of their points that you set up, you know, and realistically it should have only been six, but they decided to give them that free, uh, that free um, extra play from the fourth and one, which they initially didn't want to take. And then they lost five yards and they got five yards back and they were like, well, now we got your defense to go off the field and take a breath. So now we're going to come get you. I thought that was an interesting way to approach that, but yeah, and so to me, if you can stop the run, if you can make sure that Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson don't get any traction whatsoever, there's no way this Bears team beats you. It's impo- They can't do it. The only way the Bears can win this game is by running the ball and forcing turnovers. And so if you can keep the ball in your hands and also stop the run, you're going to win this game by double digits, in my opinion. You would hope so, obviously. I think I, I, I compared it to... You know, it's like varsity versus JV in this game. And yeah, we know 
sometimes teams have that terrible trait of playing down the competition. We don't that, that can't happen. This team is right. it's too important for this team right now to overlook freaking anybody at this point. And the the, the win streak to close out the end of this season has to happen right now if you want to gain momentum in the division, in the conference, just in general, to keep up with the Joneses in the NFC. No doubt. Let's move over to offense. Give me give me your quick uh, offensive X factor here. Uh, I was trying to find the numbers. I, I, um, I had them earlier, but Mike T has historically had some pretty big games against the Bears. So I'm looking for uh, Michael Thomas to have a, a pretty big day you know, receiving yardage wise and even getting into the end zone. I just think um, he's Mr. Reliable right now on this offense for sure. And I think Derek Carr obviously can trust him. Yeah. So the X factors to me, it just turned into like prediction o'clock. And uh, so to me, I think this is the week that you get Jamal Williams rolling. I think that, you know, I like that. You haven't really, you know, you saw him kind of get on track a little bit last week. He got that action. And I think this is the kind of, kind of game where you're going to be just, you're going to be getting out to a lead and then just icing the clock and, and just grinding out drives and especially in the second half. And so I think this is going to be a Jamal Williams game where you get Alvin a little bit of rest. You know, you won't necessarily need him for 25 touches. So hmm, should can, I grab Jamal in fantasy? You know, I, I it's tough to start running back right any now. week, any week when you don't have when Alvin's there. Right. But I actually think to some extent, he has a better chance to score when Alvin is there because, you know, when he's not a three down back, but he right. is an elite power back and he's elite chain mover. And so I, I think that you're going to, this could be a game where you see a cut, like two, maybe three touchdowns from him in terms of you're getting down into the red zone and you're just pounding it and you're taking away their soul. And it's Jamal who's <laughs> doing that. So, you know, I, I, I think that's you know, the soul. I love it. Not unlike Taysom last week where yeah. that's how you were able to operate. I think this is a game where you can just run downhill and make life miserable. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, 100 yards a lot. Yeah, maybe 60, 70 yards. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe 100 yards. Maybe this is the 100-yard Jamal Williams game. Maybe it's like the, the, the Broncos game a few years ago where Latavius Murray got on track and he just had a couple long runs. And, you know, I think two touchdowns and, you know, 100 yards would be my – if I was making a bold prediction, yeah. that would be it. As Jamal Williams goes off in this game. And we'll have to see. And if it does, if you hit on this one like you hit on Taysom. I'm taking you to Vegas, baby. <laughs> or shoot, we, got, we got Harris locally. What am I talking about? You're gonna have to show. Yeah, right. I'm gonna have to show Jamal this clip and say you 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 owe me. You owe it. No, uh, we'll we'll see. But that's my guy. My Jamal Williams is my guy for this week. Maybe that's how we could. You know, X Factors is kind of overdone. We should probably. I think one way we could do it is like so. so say like my guy. Who's your guy for this yeah, matchup? Guy and kind for, of explain right. why. I think that I might like be it. a better way to do it because X factors kind of sounds, you know, it's everyone does it. So maybe, maybe that's what, maybe that's what we'll phrase it, frame it as next week, but all right, that's it. Anything else you want to throw in before we move on here? No, let's get the streak started for sure. I'm ready for some winning football and winning podcast. Yeah, baby. That's it. That's all I got. That's all the money together. will rain down on us. I need more coffee. All right. Me I need too. to go down and, and eat some of those starbursts that still got hanging around again, a sugar rush. Um, right. for, for like Halloween, you're more of a, a non-chocolate guy or no? You just happen to mention Starburst. No, char- chocolate. I, I actually don't like sugar candy. I'm not a sugar. I don't I don't consume a lot of sugar in general. It's kind of like the one healthy thing that I do is like I don't drink soda. Or, so like, yeah, I'm, I, I've never been a fan of sugar candy. Claire, Claire, my wife likes sugar candy. So she, she keeps it's like the one thing she can keep in the house that I won't eat. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, we have an entire bag of of like uh, Kit Kats and and Reese's, and it's like I need to get them out of that. Like that's what I think some kids don't re- like. Like kids think, oh, I want to get there early while they have all the good stuff. They're like, no, no, you want to be the last one, and then you dump it because what what the kids just can't wrap their head around is. I don't want this candy in my house. <laughs> I want it gone. So if you're the last kid coming through, you're getting half a bag of, you know, fun size Snickers bars. Cause I don't like, it's like I'm, tr- I try, like I'm at the age where I'm like, I need to be reasonably healthy so that I can, you know, not die every, every week. And like having every time I walk by the bag in the kitchen, I'm just like, Oh, well, well it's just one more Kit Kat. I'll end up having eaten the equivalent of like 12 Kit Kat bars in a day. That's the, um, that's <laughs> the bad part about fun size. Cause there's so much fun. You just keep opening them. Well, right. Like if it was a full Kit Kat, I would be like, yeah, you know, maybe not I'm now, good. but it's like, Oh, it's only, it's only one, which is essentially just a half a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> so by the end of the day, I'll have eaten like five full Kit Kat bars. I'm like that's not, that's not great. I'm going to have to go for three runs today. Yeah, Kit Kat like, and Twix are like in my one. hierarchy. Yeah. Anyway. Also, before we go, would you like to see the, the dog in the cone? Oh, that's right. How'd it go? It's Pooch time. This is our biggest our biggest hits right now. Oh, Poochie with the cone of shame. I know. <laughs> She's so miserable. Uh, yeah, I could use a nap too, Pooch. She did find a way to get up on the bed. Normally, I would say don't get up on the bed, but, you know, it's like a treat. Right, right. <laughs> I was honestly kind of impressed that she was able to climb up there with the cone. Like, I was yeah, working for it halfway and then, like, flip over. Anyway, so that's the, that's the dog. Okay, now I got to take her outside because I've activated the dog. All right. So uh, I already asked you if anything else. So that's going to wrap it up for us here on this episode. We of got a little sidetrack. Yes. It's been a weird day. It's 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 a weird month. It's cold. It's I don't I don't know. I'm all I'm all out of all out of sorts here. Anyway. This is Inside Black and Gold. You can follow me at Twitter at Jeff <laughs> <laughs> at Jeff underscore no I can follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL if you haven't subscribed yet. Come on, do that. Why 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 not? What do you what else you got? What else you doing? If you haven't, don't follow us on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, ring the bell at WWL Sports. Check out WWL.com for the latest news, notes, and analysis. Check out Sports Talk 4 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Steve's on there. I'm not. They don't like me. But I am on the broadcast, so check that out. Steve's got the pregame to the pregame show, then the pregame show, then the postgame show, and I show up in between that sporadically throughout the broadcast. You're on, so. you're on pregame this week because we're home. Oh, my gosh, I am. Well, not the pregame show. The pregame to the pregame the show. The pregame. Yeah, the pre-pre-game at 8, 8 a.m. Uh, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, 8 a.m. inside the Superdome. And this is going to be one of the times that we can actually get the post-game pod done on the night of the game. Holy cow. Yeah, it's exciting. So we don't have to worry about Mondays. Anyway, that's it. That's it. Let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, who that? Go Saints. Let's go Saints, indeed.